the shark swims away a few times and it's like as it swims away you get this quite sort of almost Disney-like music I'm swimming away from the boat but I'm coming back in a bit Just so Jables Hello everybody and welcome back to the Just So Jables film podcast with a special episode of Retro Reels coming at you from 1975 Nice, nice 1975, guess what it is our kid it is Jules. <laughs> <laughs> I was debating that. Do I do the music yeah. or do I just do the words? <laughs> <laughs> it's Jules, everyone. It's Jules, everyone. So, yeah, bit of a slightly different episode this week. We are going to watch the viewing that we're putting on of Jules at the Corn Exchange. Very excited. Well, how's the feeling in the room? It's excited. Buoyant. Buoyant. Nice. So, I think we'll get into the film. And probably have a lot more to talk about after the whole show. But, our kid, talk to me about Jaws. Talk to you about Jaws. So, I first remember watching Jaws when I would have been around, I'm going to say about eight or nine. I was very young. It was when it was first on the television. So, you would have been even younger. You would have been like five or six. But I'd have watched it. But you'd have watched it. I'm trying to think when I first watched it. It probably was on TV and it probably was when I was quite young. Yeah, And I think Jaws has a lot to answer for for our generation because I think we are, as a generation, quite scared of sharks, even living in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say true. so. So getting into the film then, Jaws. Do we need to tell people about the film? I suppose we I probably should. should. Well, yeah. It's about a giant crocodile. <laughs> yeah. So Jaws, as Ben said, 1975 film directed by Steven Spielberg based on the 1974, I think it was only just before, 1974 Peter Benchley book. Have you read the book? I have read the book. Me oh. too. I like the book. I haven't. Ah, it's quite different. Well, there's different outcomes. They all get eaten. <laughs> it's kind. Of, it's in three parts, basically, okay. isn't it? And the middle section is kind of almost completely lifted out of the film, isn't it? Which is basically when Hooper has an affair with Brody's wife. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is <laughs> which we don't need. Which I guess was a thing for a seventies book. Maybe you had to have something like that. In, yeah. So. But I liked the book. You know, it was very descriptive. I think in interview with Peter Benchley, he doesn't. He says it's not completely based on any previous events. There's not references to, but there was a, a shark attack scenario. I think it was like, was it 1928 or 1918? They reference it in the film. And uh, Pete eventually is in the film as well. Oh, is he? That I didn't know. No, so he's the um, the TV presenter. So, you know, there's a bit partway through when there's a guy that they show like as if it was being cut from a, a TV film. Someone doing an interview and he kind of walks towards the camera saying... There's a dark cloud above the thing, a cloud in the shape of a killer shark. Right. That's Peter Benchley. And that's him, is it? Yeah, that's okay. Peter Benchley. And he done, I think, the screenplay. I don't know how much he had to do with the screenplay, but I think, is it Carl Gottlieb, I think, is wrote the screenplay as well? He's in the film as well. So you know the mayor in <laughs> yeah. that? One of the mayor's assistants. It's not the coroner. It's one of the other ones who comes out of a building and he goes across the water. I think he does say some stuff as well. That's Carl Gottlieb. I don't remember the mayor as well as I remember his fashion sense. Oh, he great. has the a anchor lot of stylish suit. jackets yeah. and suits. Yeah. He's great. What's his name? Murray uh, Hamilton. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff, isn't he? I like him. I love a small town mayor. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. And I'm thinking of Cabot Cove. Just as, a, as <laughs> my starting point. Mercy yeah. Root is your point Jessica. of reference for a lot of things. Hello, I think, Jessica. I think that's, it's a decent point of reference. It is a good yeah. point of reference. Point. So the, st- the main three stars of the film, Roy Schneider, who plays Chief Brody, the chief of police of Amity Island. Uh, Richard Dreyfus, who stars as Matt, Matt Hooper, who is the 
oceanographic institute expert who comes across to help them try and work out what's going on with this shark attacks. And Robert Shaw, who plays Quint, who is the grizzled old fisherman who mm. has a vendetta against sharks. Mm. So Robert Shaw is actually an English actor, wasn't he? Yeah. Is he English or Irish? I can't no, he's English. He's an English, he's English yeah. actor and playwright as well. Yeah. yeah. And he is amazing in this film. He is, isn't he? He's based on a, an actual fisherman from Martha's Vineyard, who is one of the fishermen, who's also in the film. One of, he's on the boats when, when Hooper is talking to them and they're getting on the boats, he says some stuff there. I can't remember if he's the Owat guy as well. If you remember the Owat guy. It's Tiger Shark. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so he spent time on the island researching his role. He's quite a method actor, I think, Robert Shaw, wasn't he? So mm. you've also got uh, Lorraine... Is it Lorraine Gray? It's Lorraine Gary. Gary. Oh, yeah. sorry. And that's Ellen Brody. And she's probably significantly in most of the other films. Yeah. She's in all of them, isn't she? I don't know if she's in three. And she's very good as uh, Ellen Brody, who, as we said, uh, in, the, in the film, is a significantly different role to... Um, her role in uh, in the book. So, I didn't actually say what the plot is, but, you know, most people probably know what the plot of Jaws is, but a killer shark's... Let's just say it takes hostage of the summer island of Amity and uh, sets up a base of killing people around the outside of the island. Did we speak about it on the podcast? We, we you did know, briefly. Yeah, we were talking about the sequels last yeah. week, yeah. weren't we? It's alluded to in other films that there's more sinister reason, but this is just a... Yeah. This is a shark film. But, you know, it's... Definitely in the film, it's as much about the local population, how things affect the local population, as a shark film. In fact, it's much more of a character film, isn't it, really, than mm. a shark film. Yeah. yeah. And it's got some of my, probably some of my most favourite characters and dialogue and all sorts in a film. It's probably easily in my top ten. So as you can probably tell, I'm quite excited about it. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I'm also excited about it. I'm trying to think when I last watched it. It wasn't that long ago, probably. A year we or two. We found the DVD at a jumble sale oh, really? about two years ago, wasn't Something it? Like two that. and a half, three years ago. It's a really good Sunday afternoon film, so we watched yeah. that one. I Sunday think afternoon. the thing with Jaws, though, is obviously you wouldn't want to watch it right before you then go and see it on the big screen, but I think it stands up well to re-watching it. Yeah. So that's not an issue, because you're going to pick up like you say, Jables, it's not just about, oh, here's a killer shot. It's also, not say character-driven, but the characters are important. And maybe it is character-driven, actually. And like you also say, you know, some of the favourite quotes, some of the favourite characterization, funny little quirky bits. And every time you watch it, you see probably something new, even though I think Jaws is a relatively stripped-back, sparse hmm. film. Because yeah. Probably as films just were in those days, because production, like you couldn't use CGI in the same way or at all effects were more difficult as we obviously are going to see when we watch yeah. it because we're going to see the rubbery sharks and things so they had to rely more on real locations and real situations and it just feels real mm. doesn't it and i know you've got some slightly larger than life characters like quint and like the mayor and so on but it is also quite grimy and grisly as well so yeah. when you watch it you pick up new things every little time and little details i think it kind of definitely highlight because there's there's certain characters in in the film as i said you know there's locals that have speaking roles in this and they don't feel like they're acting people the local community was very much involved in this film i don't know how, you know I, I don't think the feeling is quite as strong as it is for the film mm. with some of the high paying property owning martha's yeah. vineyard people now but certainly at the time yeah so martha's vineyard is a slightly odd place isn't it i guess it is one of those if, if you don't know it, I've not been to it, but you've recently well, been to it, haven't you, Jables? Yeah, 
<laughs> but it's had a lot of, I guess, what you call them in Norfolk, blow-ins. So rich people coming in and buying up property. Yeah. But I guess in the 70s, it was still quite locally. Maybe it was kind of insular. and Maybe they had to get the buy-in of the community. Is Do you know anything about the history of production? Of that side? I know. I mean, I know a fair amount about the history. Yeah, as I said, there's local people who were cast in the film. They, they, it was very much, the local community were very much involved. As you say, Martha's Vineyard was starting to get popular then. I don't necessarily think that this catapulted it into that territory. I always think, like, Dan Aykroyd used to have a place there, didn't they? And they used to go to Martha's Vineyard to write the Ghostbusters story and things like that. And as soon as you get that, the popularity just starts to skyrocket, doesn't it? I think it's because it's quite an isolated place, really. In the summer seasons, heavy tourism and still is round, round the year, but, you know, there's not as many ferries running. It's very much, it's quite a summer, summer place. And I think, yeah, there is a certain amount of isolation you can get somewhere like that as well. You know, being an island just off the United States. And it's, you know, it's outside New York. It's that kind of like second home yes. territory where people have. And if you've got the money, that's where people do it around Cape Cod and stuff like that. Mm. So production, I think we spoke about it last week. We'll probably cover over some like ground that we've already said about. But, you know, production was quite a uh, quite a nightmare. There's a lot of what happens in the film that you see in the in the final version is based on the issues that they had with the shark and having to film extra bits without the shark, mm. working shark. And I think we said then, probably for the benefit of the film. Yeah, it makes it much more suspenseful. Mm. And you don't even really see the shark very much at all, mm. do you? No. And And when you do, yeah, to my eyes now, it looks a bit silly. But I think certainly watching it younger, like the bit where Quint meets his fate. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. know it's a plastic shark, but it's still because the acting and everything is so good and yeah. there's such tension in that you feel just by being there watching that film. It is quite disturbing. Yeah. I was talking to Ben about this earlier and I was saying it's quite funny how whenever I think of Jaws, I always think of the bit on the boat and I always yeah. think that that's the main part of the film. But actually, it's not quite as much of the film as I think it is. There's no. so much that happens in mm. the town and what the, yeah. almost the paranoia that develops mm. in the town. It doesn't quite go as far as it, it might do in yeah. you know, a horror film Probably or something now, yeah. like that. But that, Like it would now, yeah. yeah, you're right. But there's still a lot of ill feeling. There's a lot of tension within the environment. And I kind of forget about that until I sit down and watch it and think, oh yeah, there's so much that actually happens on land or at the beach. The, yeah. the bit out on the boat is... Almost just the conclusion, yeah. really. There's a lot of yeah. politics in the town, isn't there? You think yeah. that's, yeah. you know, there's that whole, they think Chief Brody's going to be there. So, you know, it's it's almost like a ceremonial post, isn't it? And then when something actually happens, he kicks into action. They think it's just going to be a rollover. We can tell him what to do sort of thing. And yeah. that's not yeah. how it works. And I think a lot of that comes in, like, it, the, the dialogue is just great. I love the interactions. It all feels so natural. And it, it just, things just happen. And you don't always know what's happening while you're watching it. And I always think of that when Brody's taking that first walk down the street. And you don't know exactly what he's doing, but he's going to the shop to buy some paints and some things and some things to, to paint yeah, signs. Bits of wood and stuff, But you don't yeah. know. And then there's people come out of the office to follow him to do that. And then when he gives the stuff to him, make, make Polly do the printing. And yeah. it all just feels like there's, a, there's so much kind of like depth and backstory that you don't know. No, but you kind of like because it's so easy you work it out straight away you just go yeah he's a bit of a goof he can't write stuff and you know so get yeah and it feels real it feels yeah. like conversation ben gardner's the fisherman that i was talking about right. and there's the whole bit you know when they find ben gardner's boat but leading up to that the conversations around the dinner table and you can see he's had a few drinks and he's like yeah. just pissed off and hooper's there all kind of happy you know and he's reacting you know and brody's just he's just done 
you can see that he's done with it. It's just like, yeah. And it's it's obvious, that, but there's no one kind of going, look, he's in a bit of a bad mood. Mm. Try and work around. It just, things just yeah. happen. Yeah, it's I not all it. signposted, is yeah. it? It's just given a level of realism. Yeah. 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 Quint's the fisherman and you, you go into his his place and you know he doesn't like Hooper straight away but he does, you know I think he might even say I don't like City but he just like and he tests him straight away and he's testing him all the way all the way through yeah. and then there's almost this bit where you see that Quint starts to respect Hooper yeah. and vice versa because of but things Hooper that, loses it a couple of times yeah, on the way on the, exactly he? yeah really absolutely and you know Quint's got this huge backstory but they they don't say well you know what happened is this you learn it in the film and you learn it in the most amazing way when he's doing the, <laughs> when he's doing the story on the boat and it's just you go around his place and Brody's like ecstatic because he's like we're in the right place look at all these shark mouths he's big you know not much different to what they're after some of them but why has he got this he's clearly got it's not just fishing it's shark he's got a vendetta and you learn about that later and it's just amazing I love yeah, all that stuff yeah. and then the film even at that moment, the film flips again then. It's just when you're starting to get to know these people, something will happen to shift that as well. Oh, I love it. Mm. I do love it. Yeah, I think it's going to be good to see it on the big screen because that's one experience we've never Absolutely. had before, isn't it? I think yeah. I've said this before, so I am taking over and just rambling quite a lot. But I remember watching this. I think it was recorded on TV, so we had it on video for a while and we used to watch it all the time. Yeah. This went went in the pantheon of films that we used to just watch the end of. Mm. But watching just the end of this used to be watching just the whole boat scene. I was going to um, say, that's probably mm. why I yeah. think that's most yeah. of the film, isn't it? Because we watched that a lot of times as a kid. But we were always watching it on video, never saw it in the big screen ourselves. So I've only seen it on TV and, and older video. And then I bought the video still back in the thing. I remember taking it to university. I remember rugby player Andy, who played rugby league, and he'd get a kebab, and he used to, and without fail on a Wednesday, he'd get a kebab, and he'd sit down, and he'd put jaws on, and I'd probably say more than 50% of the time he'd fall asleep in his kebab, because he was hammered, but he'd watch jaws on, and no one would dare come in and switch it off, and to be perfectly honest, most people would sit and watch jaws at the same time, because we're yeah. just, because everyone liked it. But it was, this is on a tiny screen, and I remember mm. about, was it New Year or Christmas Eve, when the parents were over? And it came on Netflix, I think it was. It was after Netflix, so one of the streaming platforms. I thought, I haven't watched Jaws for, you know. Actually, I was going to say for ages. It probably would have been like maybe a year when I'd last watched it on the DVD. And stuck it on Netflix. And suddenly this isn't like a HD proper picture. Mm. And I'm like, this is a different film. Yeah. I can see details <laughs> that I couldn't see on a dodgy <laughs> video for years. It suddenly like opened it up to me again. I'm like, there's so much detail in this that I hadn't seen. So I'm so excited about seeing that level of detail even bigger and be able to pick things up. Yeah. So you yeah. can tell I'm a bit excited about this, can't you? How many times do you think you've watched it all the way through? I don't know. All the way through, I'd probably say at least 30. I, know I don't that, think that... I've seen it quite that many times. No. But I've definitely seen it a dozen yeah. times for sure. I've probably seen it like six or seven times. Yeah. I can honestly say without fail since my very early teens maybe before i've watched it at least once a year so maybe more than 30 because i love it so much it's just sometimes you wonder oh maybe it wasn't as good and i don't see the rubber shark things i don't you know the whole thing with the barrels is kind of made up because they couldn't use the shark and like yeah. how good does that work it's really good it's so yeah. good you, you get scared of barrels in the end yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird it's ridiculous yeah. it's yeah. ridiculous you're, you're scared of the water you're scared of boats you're scared of barrels yeah <laughs> 
it's, it definitely, yeah, it's interesting that it well, obviously we'll never see the version of the film that they wanted to make if they had those production issues. But, oh, I'm so glad. But yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what Jaws Two was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Anything else you want to add before we head over there? I don't think so. Other than obviously, I'm looking forward to the Meg Two after this. <laughs> when, when's that coming out? Fourth of August. Wow. It isn't long, nice. is it? Yeah. Oh, nice. So this is a precursor to something else. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a prequel to the Meg. Yeah. Well, nice. let's get going then. Let's go. And we're back from a very busy corn exchange. It was busy. Lots of corn was exchanged. No, there was... Lots there... of corns were exchanged, <laughs> There was a big performance on at the corn exchange. And Jaws, yeah, which was which was a sellout. So, our kid, tell us the story of Jaws. <laughs> the story of Jaws. So we talked about it a little bit before we, we left, didn't we? Chief Brody, chief of police for Amity Islands. It's a pretty quiet job, isn't it? It's yeah. quite a cushy little number. However, there is a shark attack, yeah. which the town elders, for want of a better way of wording it, sort of. Not quite cover up, but they're trying to say it's not quite yeah. that. Let's let's not overblow this here. But then there's more shark attacks and Sheriff Brody enlists the help of a marine biologist played by... Richard Dreyfus. Yep. And Quint, uh, an old salty sea dog fisherman <laughs> played by... Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw. Thank you, Jable. Yeah, I know. He's <laughs> just going here. <laughs> so they go out to sea to hunt the greatest of great white sharks. Mm. And all hell sort of bubbles to the surface. Yeah. I know we spoke story beforehand, but it's all good. It's what good a, to have a synopsis. It's a good to have a synopsis just before. Well, it was awesome. It was great on the big screen. Yeah, very cool. I liked seeing everything big. I know we'd spoke about that before, how we'd always watched it on video. And like, even like, it was a couple of things. I think Barney came out and Adrian, I think, saying afterwards, they'd never noticed like the shooting star. No, I hadn't either. No, I'd seen that before. Yeah, Yeah. it's just one of those things. You see it twice in the film. It was very much a trope of Steven Spielberg films. He'd always put shooting star on a film. Well, I looked into this. Yeah. And apparently, Mm. the Jaws one, he maintains, was a comet. Right. Or a meteorological. Event. Oh, so he, he's claiming that that was he just captured that by accident. That one was captured, yeah. but any subsequent ones are inserted, inspired oh, okay. by okay. Jaws. I'm, but there's a lot of the internet does not believe him. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was enhanced in post production. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so there was a couple of things that I saw this time that I've said. Obviously, we've seen it a lot. We've said speaking about how much we've actually seen it. I don't know if it's watching it on the big screen, just like the clarity of stuff and how bright it was. It didn't feel as old-fashioned as it used to to me. No, I thought that as well. I did. I've actually Mm. got a note to mention that. Yeah, and it's very 70s, and people are wearing 70s stuff, and the anchored suit, you know. Dad was sat next going, I used to have a suit like that. And I was like, with the anchors? He was like, no, but, you know. So blue then. So blue suit. But that's, do you know what I mean? It was like, there's some timeless stuff with American films. I think we've said this before, especially like if it's set in... You know, old side. The trucks are the same. You know, the beaten up trucks. You know, just the, the outlook. There's, I suppose there's not a lot that dates this film, apart from the clothes, really. But I think they could be now's fashions. Yeah, really potentially. Do. The points at which I remembered were things like when they went into the office of, I think it was the medical examiner, mm. to do the autopsy, and there were all the old bottles up yeah. on the shelves. Yeah. I suddenly thought... 
oh, this is a 70s film. And I'd kind of forgotten that. There was that. And there was also the fact that the grown-ups were older. Yeah. And if that film was made now, they'd be in their 20s. Mm. They'd be Hemsworths and even younger than Hemsworths, probably. probably. Yeah. So it was like the mother of the boy on the lilo who gets yeah. gets eaten away. Yeah. She looked... I mean, I think, Ben, you said she, she'd probably play a grandmother if yeah. they made yeah, it Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, she, but if I think of... The, the Retro Reels films we's, we've watched up to now, they felt very much of their time, mm. Lost Boys, even Terminator, Goonies. Jaws could, with a, with a few slight little yeah. differences, could have been made now. And that's, that, that's one of the things that I took away from yeah, seeing definitely. it on the big screen. I think there were some things that I heard people saying when they were in the town meeting as well. There was a couple of little side bits that people were saying. And I know I've heard the conversation so many times that there's something that someone says next to I can't even remember what it was now. I'm going to have to listen back. I was like, I've literally never heard that before. Mm. I've ne- it sounds so odd. But when you've seen a film that many times and you suddenly hear someone say something that you haven't heard before, it's yeah. like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, so... But it goes back as well to what you said earlier about, you know, the characterization and just the details of the town. You get so many of these little asides and snippets into what yeah. could just be real life. Yeah. Someone at the town meeting says something and the woman next to him goes, well, I don't find that funny at all. And it's yeah, not done that. in a it's stagey yeah. way. It's just how people talk. Yeah, You can definitely tell that the people are from the... You know, they're not actors, a lot of them, but it works yeah. because of that. It's mm. just people talking sometimes. And, you know, Catherine hadn't seen the film for years and years. She's watched it maybe once, possibly twice in her life. And she liked seeing all, you know, having, having been there, she loved seeing the towns and the stuff like that and really looking for things and looking for details and bits like that. And I think she really enjoyed the film because she was taking in those details and kind of forgot that it had a story as well. Because there is, not to say it's in depth, but there's, there is depth to it. You know, there, as you say, there's the town that are kind of, they're basically hushing it up. There's the impact. Or playing it down, yeah, maybe. It down. Yeah. yeah. Well, you say that, but, you know, they don't even, when Alex Kinter's mother turns up, you know, there's there's only rumours that someone was injured on the beach last mm. week. Yeah, that's true. They say that, and it's like, yeah. no, someone died as a coroner's investigation. You know, this kind of, they, you know, it's not, it's not that it was an accident. And I think if you read the book, I don't, or like she says in that, she's just holidaying there. So they kind of cover it up in that way. It was just an accident, some silly holiday maker sort of thing, and then completely hush it up. I seem mm. to remember that. But yeah, people don't know that there's that someone's you know someone doesn't know that someone's killed. And even like the mayor is literally saying when he's talking to the interviewer, there were some incidents with some bathers. Not like two people have been killed, mm. like you know. So it's such a kind of like a hush up. How did you feel seeing somewhere that you've now been? Uh, really cool. I mean, you don't see that much of it. You see the town, you see the, the bridge is different now. It's, the bridge has been rebuilt, but that area with the stones, I've literally walked across those mm. stones. Where he jumps off the bridge down onto the sand, you can't jump down that bit because there's sand and rocks mm. there. And, and you would have done yeah, if you could have done. I would have done if I could have done, but people jump off that bridge. There's loads of signs about not jumping right. off the bridge and people getting fined for doing it. But... Yeah, it's cool. It is It is nice. And it's a different... You definitely have a... Without sound and wank, you do have a different perspective of it. But just in terms of... Just having been to America, though, to be honest. I think a lot of people who've been to America and those kind of areas... You, you know, you've been to Canada. I'm sure you have a different appreciation of just seeing buildings and structures when you're watching a TV programme. Mm. Then you kind of like, oh, yeah, they do... It, that is what it's like. And a lot of that is... It is still what it's like there, which is interesting. Mm. So, yeah, no, really, really cool. 
I think we all kind of like had a quick chat afterwards, didn't we? And there was people saying the shark effects, they're very minimal in the film and they're not as bad as as people remember. Yeah, that's what I wonder if when you're remembering Jaws, you're actually also remembering Jaws 2 and 3 into it as well. well I yeah. think it does get a bit more ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, but you don't see that much of the shark. There's a, there, I'd say there's a couple of moments where it looks a little bit bad when it comes out of the water. But it's certainly not terrible because it's snap cuts and stuff like that that you don't, it's nothing lingered on for good reason yeah. because I think if it did, it would be... Plus the acting around it. It's not hammed up or anything, is it? Like when no. Chief Brody's throwing the chum in yeah, and he's looking back at the camera mm. and you're looking over his shoulder and you yeah. see what's coming up and yeah. then he sees, sees it. Yeah, only just out that, of the court, You know, yeah. that could have been hammed up but it, he just behaves in such a normal way and just kind of backs, backs up it's yeah, almost yeah. like his fag falls out of his mouth is, kind yeah. of thing yeah dad jumped out of his skin at one oh, point yeah, didn't he, he? The, the classic ben gardner's head in the boat yeah, oh, yeah, yeah catherine yeah. jumped as well dad was just taking so a sip of drink side. and he's yeah i had him over side dad's taking a sip of drink because yeah. <laughs> the first thing he said when we came out was yeah i forgot about that bit. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. what i like about that that's very much like a, the musical cue that causes the jump because And it's very much time, because when you've watched it as many times as you've, we've seen it, you see the heads beforehand. It's not like now where the jump scares are like perfectly synchronised with the sound. You see something, and then it's like the jump kind of like, it gives you the willies kind of like. It's not just that punch or that bang that you get from like jump scares in modern films. There's a bit of that, but that note of sound is so kind of alien to what you're doing. Mm. It's, it's quite actually, the music around that whole bit is quite calm. Yeah. Before that as well. But it's mysterious when they're out in the boat and there's the fog. Yeah. And it, I love that bit of music. When and Chief Brody really doesn't want to yeah, be there, does yeah, he? Yeah, it's so good. I, yeah. I love that. I love yeah. all that stuff. Is you know. Yeah, so that all plays on the tension that you already feel yeah. <laughs> underlying anyway. Yeah. But then speaking of the music, one thing that stood out for me a little bit is occasionally the music goes very light-hearted mm. for no obvious reason. Particularly when they're out on the boat and they're toying with the shark and vice versa and they're getting the barrels attached yeah and then the shark swims away a few times and it's like as it swims away you get this quite sort of almost disney-like music i'm swimming away from the boat but i'm coming back in a bit i think it's it's because they've got the barrels in there trying you know they oh we're getting somewhere of this they kind of like ramp up what could be this is going to go well from here and then it sort of gets taken down again doesn't it yeah I, I saw it pers- like, as a little light motif for Jaws. Yeah. It's like that's, he's actually a nice little, he's a nice guy. Yeah. But he's just doing what he's he does as a shark. Misunderstood. It's not a Disney film. Yeah. <laughs> so. What yeah. else did you notice that you hadn't really um, thought of? Similar to what we've already said, just that when you see it like that on the big screen, you forget that a lot of these old films were actually filmed in very high resolution analog, but the quality is actually very high. Yeah. So when they've digitised it and, and then it gets scaled up onto a big screen, it is actually very high quality. But also then then you see the realism of it. And like you said, it could, it, in terms of the production values, you could almost believe it's a film made in the last year or the last 10 years yeah. or whatever. But the things that, again, for me, give it away is just the things that you wouldn't get in films now, like the actors are older. Yeah. And some of them are a bit craggy and the clothes yeah. are a bit scruffy. Yeah. and that would all be polished up now, wouldn't it? Yeah. And you just yeah. wouldn't get it. P- apart from the fact that the production values are very high and they do stand up to modern production values, I think, Yeah, you can also still tell that it's a film that wouldn't get made these days. Yeah, Because I, I don't know what the business case would be or whatever, how you want to phrase it like that. It wouldn't be a blockbuster because they'd have to throw 
more shiny people at it and mm. more explosions and more CGI and younger people and more shiny things. But it wouldn't be quirky enough to be like an indie film nah. on a low budget. So it's kind of sitting somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It, was it a blockbuster at the time? Oh, I guess 100%. it was. It was yeah. the first original. It was like the original summer blockbuster. Mm. Yeah. You know, played in like 300 and something cinemas in America. Didn't it, or something but I don't like think that. they'd even know what to call it. Is it a horror film? Is it an action film? Is yeah. it a disaster movie? I think I'm, if they made it now, they'd have to define it yeah. more. Than, yeah, than they probably did then. There'd probably yeah. have to be a whole, like, what's the collective noun for sharks? I don't know, but there'd have to be one of those School? surrounding the entire Fish. island and maybe they could talk as well and fly. Probably. <laughs> yeah, they'd be I mean, bioengineered yeah. somehow. <laughs> I mean, going on the, like, the, the look of it, I think it's definitely enhanced by the fact that there are very few sets used in the film. It's filmed in real places. Yes, yeah. there's bits that are shops that are made up a bit, but but they look real because they're in a real setting. CGI definitely takes you out of a lot of places and sets takes you out of things even more, doesn't it? So when everything looks real, they're having real conversations in real places, you know, they look like they're in houses because a lot of the time they're in houses shooting yeah. this stuff. The lighting isn't always really forced. You know, you don't suddenly think, why are they sitting in their living room or their dining room having something to eat and everything's so bright and perfectly lit and you're seeing it from miles away. It's not. It's quite mm. dimly lit, really. It is, yeah. But, but the lighting's done so well that they're naturally lit and look good and it's enclosed but doesn't feel confined. It just feels real. It feels like a real place. That's what probably makes that so good for me. And yeah, we do keep coming back to this realism yeah, element, don't it, we, and how important it is. Yeah, You know, and so much of that is due to the demands and the changes in the filming because of the because of the mechanical shark. I know that's where a lot of this comes from. What I find interesting about this film, I could see us waiting another 40 years, putting it on in the cinema again, and having exactly the same response. Mm. I still feel like I could. And, you know, maybe I wouldn't, maybe things will change so much drastically in cinema, but wouldn't it be great to do that? Because mm. I can't see how you wouldn't enjoy that film as much. Mm. The characters are still awesome. Quint's still great. I love Quint. I like yeah. even yeah. What, just watching it again, I forget how good he is. Like, and you literally see like all the little bits because he's so jokey and jovial, you know, and, and like you think he's just this idiot. But there's bits where he's being hard on people. But I, I always like that bit with the air tanks and when Brody pulls the wrong thing mm. and, you know, Hooper gets it all up mm. and stuff like that. And Quint like has a go at him. It's like, you know, oh, we can do all this. And then he literally kind of like quietly just turns to Brody and just says, ask me which road to pull. You know, it's like, it's almost like a, there's a joke thing. There's a serious moment. It's like, that's bad. Don't do that. Yeah. And you kind of feel that sort of, yeah, he's a joker. He's stupid. He's drinking beer and stuff like that. But there's this absolute seriousness to it. I like how scared they are by the end. Yeah. I kind of forget about that. Yeah. Even Quint, you can see mm. that he's really scared. And I never quite understood why he smashed up the radio. The radio, yeah. But then after the USS Indianapolis thing, he's obviously trying to stop other people yeah. like getting involved. And that comes to, you know, that makes that story he tells mm. even more relevant to, to why he behaves the way he does. Yeah. I looked that up as well to look at, because I was looking at some oh, of the yeah. stuff about the shooting star and that, and I followed a link about the USS Indianapolis thing. And apparently it was real and yeah. what he talks about is real, but they slightly exaggerated yeah. the shark attack 
elements yeah. of it, but it was still but an absolutely true, true tragedy. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But even bits like when Hooper's getting in his suit and he's saying, I, you know, I, I haven't got any spit, I can't spit, mm. you know, on his visor to, to stick it. And yeah. you can just see how, how scared they are. Yeah, and yeah. Again, if they made it now, they'd be gung-ho. They'd yeah. just yeah, be, be all quippy men. and smirky. Yeah, and, be yeah. All quippy. And, the extent of the quippiness is like it peaks at, comparing of the scars and yeah. things like that. I love, but that's I, just done in such a bizarre, like, not bizarre, but like quirky way. Yeah, they're having a drink like, and doing everything. And I, I love that bit where Brody just like lifts his, like, he's, I don't know, he's got like an appendix scar or something yeah. like that. And he kind of like lifts it and he's just like, nah. Yeah, he's yeah. so awkward during that scene yeah. as well, isn't but he? But it's also, but yeah. it's great because of it. Mm. Yeah. And Hooper, I never really liked Hooper when I used to watch Didn't Jaws. You? No, he, oh, I Hooper. always found him very irritating. Because I always saw him as that guy that just comes in and tells everybody mm. sort of what to do. But I warmed to him a bit more yeah. in, in later viewings. And I'd, I'd forgotten that he was kind of like a trust fund kid. And I love that. Again, yeah. that explains yeah, yeah. why yeah, yeah. he behaves. And they don't ram that home. They don't go on about mm. it. It's just a fact. And it influences his behaviour and obviously how Quint behaves towards yeah. him and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, all good. Yeah, loads of nice touches. I like when Quint... Is they're first sat on the boat and he's like, right, I'm just going to very obviously drink a beer in front of you just to show you what <laughs> yeah. the situation is. And then Hooper's like, he's got a little styrofoam cup with coffee in and he, and he just crushes it. Yeah, yeah. stares him it's down. Really he's really like, funny. I'm going to crush my coffee cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then other stuff like when Hooper comes round to Brody's family house with two bottles of wine and the Brody's like, I'm just gonna have a pint of wine. And <laughs> yeah, I love that. The way he pours it and then he pours them a little. Yeah, little, yeah. I love that because he pours like that huge glass himself and then. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder how much of that was improvised. I don't know if, if it was at all, yeah. or whether it was highly scripted that way, yeah. but it just yeah. felt a bit, it just feels natural. Yeah, that, that whole scene does, I doesn't it? it? When when the little boy's mirroring yeah. his actions and things. I, I When I watched that, I found myself thinking, I wonder if they just did that and yeah. they were entertaining the little boy. That, that happened beforehand, and they were like, oh, we should put this in. This is a great kind of scene to do. Yeah, just like when um, when Hooper just takes his food. Was anybody eating that? And just like takes the plate and starts eating. <laughs> yeah, it. I love that. Yeah. It's like it's been that kind of weird yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, great, great. Mm. I don't really, yeah, I can't really add much more. No. There we, we go then. We don't really grade the retro reels no. films, do we? They're just great. Is it worth talking about? What might come next on Retro Reels, or we're we going to leave that mysterious? I don't even know. What's well, we happened? talked about Back to the Future, didn't we? Yeah, we have talked about Back to the Future, and we have had listener requests for Back to the Future. Okay, yeah. So, I, th- I mean, I think it would be a popular one. I can guarantee someone who won't be there. It'll be Catherine. Won't yeah, it? Okay. it will. She's seen <laughs> yeah. it before. Yeah, but I'll be there. I'm sure, and I know there'll be plenty of people who'll be up for it as well. Yeah, so. I think so. Ah, there we go no. then. Right. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Thanks everyone okay. for coming. Thanks for the corn exchange yeah. for. Uh, for, for sorting us out and uh, yeah on, on, on to more retro reels and we'll be back next week with something to be determined because we don't know what next week's don't film know what is next either week do is we yet. no okay so we shall see see you, everyone bye bye just so tables. <laughs>